Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, uh, as you can see, if you can see, uh, if you're not listening but watching on YouTube, we have brought video back. Uh, I just got a new camera, and so I'm trying to get video back into the mix on the podcast. So if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, check out Redeeming Productivity on YouTube, and you can watch my ugly face say these things to you instead of just listening. I don't know why you would want to do that, but now that's an option again. Well, in this week's episode, um, I'm excited because we're talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, which is nature, or as Christians say, creation. Um, And basically, the value to our productivity and to our attempts to glorify God with our lives, the value of spending time in creation and making that a deliberate part of our lives. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, um, I wanted to share another review of the podcast like we did last time. Uh, So this review comes from SD in Georgia, and it reads, I found the content for this podcast to be unique in the sense that it is presented from a Christian perspective. While there are plenty of resources available that deal with productivity, the Redeeming Productivity show presents information and ideas that are sound and biblically based. Well, thank you, SD. And that is exactly what uh, we're aiming for here, is trying to look at productivity from a distinctly Christian and a rigorously biblical point of view. So thank you, SD. And if you like the show, uh, please uh, subscribe and feel free to leave a review. That does help uh, other people discover the podcast because allegedly uh, the podcast platforms look at those things and they rank the podcast higher in certain categories like productivity or Christianity, which is the uh, category that we have. Um, They do that based on reviews, downloads, and of course, um, subscribers. So please do that if you haven't already. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the show. So I recently was reading uh, on Reddit, I think it was actually, um, looking in the productivity channel there, and there was somebody who asked an interesting question. They said, you know, whenever I go on airplanes, my mind tends to be way more creative, I come up with better ideas, and I can get more done. And they said even at the airport, uh, but especially when they're on the airplane, it just seems like they are in a focus mode that they can never get uh, in the office or at home. And so they were asking people's opinions about why they think that is and if other people have a similar experience. And I'm sure you could think of some reasons why that would be the case. Uh, If you've experienced uh, that, I I know I have, at least on the creativity side. Um, And it probably has something to do with, um, you know, being cut off from the internet, right? All the distractions there. And uh, even research has shown that it's not just the distractions that come from the internet or your phone, it's actually knowing that it's possible to be distracted uh, by a notification or by something on your phone that makes us less able to concentrate. So even not having your phone with you or just knowing, your mind knowing that you can't be interrupted because you're completely disconnected, that actually can contribute to you being more focused. Uh, But what about the creativity side of things? 
Well, it's probably similar. Knowing that you your mind is just free to roam, you uh, have a set amount of time, you're stuck in this metal flying tube, um, that allows your mind to kind of just wander around and think about stuff and try to find ways to entertain itself without uh, the need for external stimuli, which we kind of rely on when we get bored. And again, it's another thing that research has shown is that boredom is very, very, very good for creativity. Uh, so that may be another reason that this person experienced um, such great focus and creativity when they're on a plane. And so uh, I was thinking about that. Um, I really can't get work done on a plane personally. That was the other side of what they were talking about. I, I literally sit there on the plane and I just look straight ahead or I go to sleep. Like I don't, I'll read a little bit. I guess I do read, but I cannot work at all. I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so crammed in there and it's not not comfortable. But uh, the creativity thing, yeah, definitely. I'll jot tons of stuff down in uh, my my notebook. I, I've been traveling a lot recently, and a lot of the ideas for these podcast episodes and blog posts and, and even book ideas, that all, a lot of it has happened from me sitting with a notepad um, in a airplane. So, What's that have to do this episode? I'm not actually talking about airplanes in this episode. I, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but the point was that that thread, it reminded me of something that I had written on several years ago, and that was the value of spending time in creation for our productivity, but even beyond that, um, as believers, spending time in what God has made is very, very good for us uh, in a spiritual way too. So I want to talk a little bit about that in this week's episode. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to argue that there is a genuine Christian benefit to spending time alone in nature. And that's that's a key part of this, is, is taking time and being alone out in nature, creation. And to some of you that you're like, well, yeah, that probably seems obvious. But others that might conjure up images of mystics in caves, of granola munching hippies, or just maybe the discomfort of sweat and, and bug bites. And you're like, I don't like being out in creation. I want the air conditioning and I want comfort. Um, so what is this? How can this actually benefit us as Christians? Um, well, there's several ways. Um, you know, but personally, I, I do try to spend some time outside every single day. When, the, uh, when it's lighter in the mornings, I spend almost every morning on my back patio. That's where I read my Bible and, and do my devotions and kind of just get ready for the day. In these winter months where it's a little bit darker, I don't have that advantage. It's too cold out, uh, even in California, and uh, it's just too dark. But I do, one of the things I look forward to every day is walking to work when I'm able to do that, um, is I live close enough to my work where I'm able to walk there. And I don't anymore, I, I don't use headphones, I don't look at my phone, I don't do anything. I just use the, that 30 minute walk as my time to just let my brain wander. I'll spend some time in prayer, uh, but mostly that's just me thinking about stuff. And of course, enjoying being outside, being in what the Lord's created. Um, and really where all of this started for me, the thinking about the, the spiritual value and the productivity value of nature, all of this kind of came to me several years ago when I took a solo camping trip with my dog in the mountains. Uh, so I was actually my, I think it was over New Year's. So my wife had flown back home to Michigan. We were here in California, and this is when we were living in the van. Uh, there's an episode on that if you're curious about the backstory on living in a van. 
but um, we were living in a van and she had flown home uh, to see some friends. We had spent Christmas here, just her and I and the dog, and she had flown home for New Year's and to spend some time with some folks. We were trying to save money, so I said, you know, I'm just going to hang back. But what? what's a boy to do alone on New Year's Eve? Well, I drove up to the mountains and I camped somewhere where I was literally the only person I saw uh, that entire week was the camp post when I checked in and then checked out at the end of it all. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I was in seminary at the time, so I knew I had some reading to do, but there was no internet up there. There was no cell service. I was pretty much isolated. And it was really, really, really nice the 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 time I had again to to focus and to think about things. Um, of course, I had a couple books with me that I was reading, um, which just made that incredibly enjoyable and just so focused. That was the only thing my mind could could look at. I couldn't bounce off and and look at some social media for a while. If I got bored, I kind of had to plow through, and I just found the clutter in my brain just seemingly to evaporate into the ether, and I liked it. I really, really liked it, and it, it was beneficial for me mentally, of course, uh, but even spiritually, too. It was just a lot of time where I was able to spend in prayer um, and just looking at what the Lord had made in, in creation and in the mountains and the the, the uh, animals I got to see, um, and even, yeah, in, in terms of personal productivity, I got a lot done while I was up there. But the, the payoff was kind of um, a staggered release productivity, we might say. Because it was when I got back uh, that I found myself even more productive than ever before because my mind was kind of cleared and I was a lot more focused and I had reflected a bit more on what I was doing and why I was doing it. So, yeah, that was super beneficial. And when I, again, when I returned to civilization, it was just that much better in terms of focus. It, it was like, I put it that it was like my brain went through a hard reset or, or I don't want to say reformat because, um, you know, that's what you do to a computer and you wipe everything off. I still had my memories, thankfully. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about that, but I, I did come back and I felt like I was super ready to tackle my work with, with new vigor and kind of a renewed sense of purpose. And so I am convinced that spending time in God's creation alone uh, can help create margin uh, for rest, for refocusing, and yes, for worship. And, and that's the three points I'll talk to you about today. So first is rest. Taking some time to be alone in creation provides an opportunity for rest. I've talked about this before on the podcast, on the blog, but how important rest is for the productive Christian. You have to to take breaks. You need vacations. You need to turn off once in a while. You cannot just pack your days and weeks full of activities and expect that that is a sustainable way to live. It's not. It's not. And the reason we know it's not is from scripture because the Lord gave us the Sabbath. And that's exactly what he said in Mark 2 27 is that Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Uh, he, he gave us this uh, as a gift to uh, encourage us to rest, to remind us again of our creatureliness, um, of our limits, and to actually give us rest so we can come back and return to our labor uh, with, with greater strength. And so proper Christian productivity, and I never want to argue for this, but proper Christian productivity is not a pedal to the metal race towards burnout. 
Uh, it's not about getting more done in a harried, frenzied, focusless way and just got to get more checkbox filled out, more checks in the box, more checks in the box, and that's all you got to do. No, that's no, that's not the way to think about it. It's not this business mindset of do more, do more, do more. Uh, we got to get more stuff off the assembly line, more stuff, more stuff. We got to produce more things. No, and and that is, I think, is one of unfortunately the uh, byproducts of calling it productivity. Honestly, and because productivity, productivity, of course, emerging from, um, you know, a lot of talk during the Industrial Revolution, you might think of Henry Ford and trying to build more autos uh, in a shorter amount of time by by isolating every aspect of it and seeing that you get more things off the assembly line in a shorter amount of time. No, we don't want to think that way. A right view of time stewardship it's got to involve both maximizing momentum, being being productive, output does matter, but it also means planning for rest. And that's what I'm suggesting here is that you don't just plan to sleep and you don't just plan for entertainment, which are helpful uh, diversions as well, entertainment is, but you need to plan specifically to spend time in creation because there's a recharging factor to it spiritually and mentally. And there's just something, even about even if you can't get away to the mountains like um, some flanneled hippie, and who lives in a van with his dog, uh, a brisk walk through the woods or even through a local park um, that can do wonders for your soul. And because of the pace of modern life, if you don't plan for these things, you're not going to do them, and you're not going to enjoy those benefits. Um, so yes, I, I think time in nature is good for everyone, but it is especially good for the believer. Uh, why? Because we know the one who made everything. And so when we're out there looking around and enjoying what we see, uh, it's an especially great benefit for us from a, a worshipful mindset because it's an opportunity to praise him. And we'll get to that in a minute, a little more. Um, I just, yeah, I think there's just a special, a special thing to that, uh, resting in, in enjoying creation. Now there's rest, but there's also, uh, spending time in creation gives us an opportunity to refocus there's rest and then refocus. Um, and I mentioned this kind of in the introduction is time in nature. It leads us to disconnect a bit from the noise and from the traffic and from work and, and from home and all the all the kind of things that are assaulting our minds, the to-dos, um, the responsibilities, all of those things, and kind of just get away from it for a little while. Um, and also from the digital noise that we kind of subject ourselves to through our, through our phones and through being kind of always plugged in. Um, and ironically, uh, I, I believe that this disconnectedness, this this willing disconnectedness, disconnectedness uh, ironically, can help us reconnect with what's much more important than the noise. Uh, for example, those days when I was up in the mountains, the the time alone it, it led my mind to kind of wander to deeper questions, things that I would not have thought about just because the the tyranny of the urgent is always pushing these things out. You don't have time to let your mind get to kind of the big why questions. Um, not, you know, why do I exist? All that. I'll tell you why you exist. You exist to glorify God. But more specifically, you as an individual, questions like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing this job and not that job? Why, why do I struggle with these sins and not those sins? Um, how, how am I stewarding myself to labor for the kingdom? 
how can I be a better spouse, employee, a man of God, a churchman, a churchwoman? You know, how, how can I do these things a bit better? Then uh, these are necessary checks. These are questions we should be asking ourselves as we go through life uh, so that they don't get kind of washed out um, by those crashing waves of busyness that, that don't let us think deeply about what we're doing. And again, you can't, you can't really think about these questions all the time. I think that if you did think about these questions all the time, you might be, um, you know, kind of just more navel gazing. Yeah, there's a time where you need to work, but there's also a time to ponder. And time alone in nature is one of the best opportunities to just ponder and reflect on your life and what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and also priorities. It's a huge part of this is uh, priorities are malleable right? So you might set out and, and you might set out and deliberately say, well, here's my priorities. I'm going to put my family first and, and work is going to come after that. And, and I, I really want to serve the Lord. And I know the local church is the place where I need to be putting my most effort in, in serving him. And you might deliberately set those priorities, but they're malleable. They bend with time. And so urgency and other demands, uh, you, you, we often upon reflection find that we're not actually living out the priorities that we said we were intent on doing. You know, we, we just forget about them. Uh, and so we need time to reflect, reprioritize, and make sure that we actually are prioritizing our lives like we said we wanted to. And so when you strip away those distractions and the demands for just a few days, you're just left with that <laughs> terror of your own mind, your own thoughts, and having to think about them. Uh, and it's there that we begin to remember um, that what was once so much more important to us and that has been pushed aside uh, just given all the demands we have. And so it's good. Just a good little reset, right? So we rest, we refocus. And then here's the third one. Spending time alone in creation uh, gives us an opportunity to worship. And this is a particularly Christian benefit, is it not? Um, I like to think about it this way. Uh, do you like the Psalms? It's a great book. <laughs> I, I love the Psalms, but you'll notice that a lot of the Psalms are um, praising God for the work of his hands, right? For creation. Uh, obviously, some praise him for his attributes, for his faithful deeds. But I always think about the ones like Psalm 8 uh, in particular, you know, talking about all the, the, you know, the wonder that the Lord has made in creation. And let me ask you a question. Could you have written Psalm 8? You say, well, no, I'm, I wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit and I'm not very poetic. No, but I mean, the, the thoughts behind it, uh, the, the reflecting on what the Lord had made and what he had done, you know, this, there, the Psalter's just full of these things, extolling God's um, creativity and his creation, what he's done. How do you think that those insights to worship came for, for the psalmists? How did they come? Of course, they were inspired, but but they also were were thinking and reflecting on what they had seen with their eyes and smelled with their nostrils and felt with their hands, and, and they're they're trying to mold that into words and reflect that back to God to glorify Him. Say, look what you have done, Lord. I praise you for it. And I'll just tell you this: I know for a fact that uh, David or Solomon or Asaph—they're not sitting on their laptops googling what are the cedars of Lebanon, you know, or, or um, starry host. You know, they're trying to like look up images online to figure out like what are these things, and then be like, wow. No, they experienced them firsthand. They saw the heavens. 
They looked up at the stars and they gloried and they marveled at what God had done. They looked at the wind sweeping through the pastures and rustling the grass and, and, and waking up the sheep, David did, who, who were asleep in the afternoon after drinking from the water brooks. And, and they saw the hand of, the God, of God, of uh, his creative power and what he had done. And they turned back and they worshipped him because they were looking at creation first hand. And so much of our own experience of creation these days is mediated. It's mediated. You know, you're looking at your, your Windows desktop background in some field, and you say, oh, there's nature. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. Um, this is a total tangent, but I'm doing it. Um, that We put uh, images of nature as our desktop backgrounds, and it's like... <sighs> it's like a prisoner putting up a poster of like a beautiful field in their jail cell. And I think that it it just, it, it, it kind of echoes back to us, our own longings to, to be out in what Lord has made. And yet we, we trap ourselves in these offices and with these computers and we decorate our own uh, prison cells with images of what we wish we were seeing. And, uh, and okay, that's a criticism of modern day life maybe, but really what I'm saying is don't just enjoy creation through mediated means. Don't, you do have a longing in you to see what the Lord has made and to enjoy it. And what I'm proposing is that you plan for that. Go out into the field, go walk in the woods, go to the park, plan a trip to a national park or to, to some preservation or something and go see those things. You know, just because a National Geographic special allows you to look at a, a giraffe much closer than you could in real life or, or a lion, that doesn't, it's not the same as being there and seeing what, what the Lord has made and enjoying it with all your senses and all of its glory and then turning around and just whispering, thank you. I praise you, Lord. Yeah, I think of, of, of some of the national parks we visited. Yosemite is probably my favorite of all of them. Um, the Grand Canyon too. I, I remember, actually, I distinctly remember the first time we went to the Grand Canyon. And uh, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you, you walk up, you know, you, you, you drive up and then you're, you're at the top of it, right? So it's not like you, the way you get to the top, to the Grand Canyon, look down into it. You don't actually really get to see it until you're up at the top and you look down into it if that makes sense. It's not like, you know, other places you might climb up a mountain or hike up a mountain and then look down and be like, wow, this is a great view. The Grand Canyon kind of sneaks up on you because you walk towards the rim and then you go to look down into the Grand Canyon. And it happened to me and I heard it happen to tons of other people who were walking up. We walked up to the rim and I literally gasped. I gasped because it was really, I mean, they really named it well. It's very grand, uh, but it was it was astounding. It was shocking. The 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 again the grandeur of it, the scale, and the beauty. And after the wow, the the thing I heard on my lips that I just muttered was, "Thank you, Lord," because to see what He's made firsthand, to enjoy it and to savor it, it makes you want to thank Him. It makes you want to return praise. And if we don't plan excursions, we don't plan time to enjoy these things and to see them with our own eyes, um, you'll just find that, it I, I don't know, it's kind of soul deadening. 
and you realize what you're missing when you go and do it. And so I'm encouraging you to go and spend time in nature. And you, you say, well, um, you can do that with anybody, right? Go out with friends, family. I think that's great too. I love planning family trips. I love going with friends and visiting uh, nature and going for a hike in the woods. It's one of the best venues, I think, for an in-depth um, discussion about spiritual things or about anything. But there is a special value in spending time in creation alone. Why? Why would I say that? Well, back to my own time in the mountains, living in a van with my doggie. Uh, I kept wishing Kim was there and that's really sweet. And I know I'm wonderful, but the, the reason I kept thinking about her, not just cause I missed her was because I would see these gorgeous sights. You know, I, I just remember in the night it was so dark and, and even the lesser luminaries, the smaller stars that you never really get to see in the city were out. And there was just this canvas of darkness and just speckled with so many stars, more than you've ever seen in your life. And I wanted to turn and tell someone about it. I said, do you see that? Isn't that beautiful? But the only one I could tell about it was my dog and he barely speaks English. And so he didn't care. So who did I, who did I tell about it? Well, I told the one who made it. It just forced me to, to speak back to God about the wonder of his own creation and just marveling it and thanking him and just praising him and considering every aspect of it, the wisdom of it and, and the, just the massive scale of the stars or, or to see these hidden beauties that were out there, like, like the particular, the particular formation of birds as they swoop down the side of a mountain. I, I alone witnessed that, you know, since I was alone up there. Uh, that, that, that specific way those, those birds acted and the way that they looked in that moment in time, I was the only one to see it except for God. And it made me reflect on the fact that all these things in creation, all the, there's so many undiscovered wonders still, I'm sure that only he gets to see and enjoy and it's for his glory. And so I, as his creature, I want to look at what he's created. I want to glorify him and spending time alone in what he's made. It just provides the perfect opportunity to return praise to him for what he's done. So I would definitely, definitely encourage you to do that, to take the time, uh, to be alone in nature, whether it's just a walk once in a while, a hike or a special trip to, to even camp alone. Um, do that. And you'll find your yourself rested, you'll find yourself refocused, and you'll find yourself, most importantly, worshiping God. And when you get back to the business of life, it's like you're coming back with a clean deck. All the noise is gone, all the buzz, all the hum in the back of your mind. And you're just like, okay, I remember now why I was here. I'm well rested for it. And I've refocused, and I'm remembering for whom I am working. And you'll find yourself diving back in your work and be more productive than, than you could even imagine. So do it. This is my advice to you. So yes, why not seek out a time to do that? Um, I would love to hear ideas. If you guys want to email me as always, you can hit me up at Reagan at redeemingproductivity.com or you can comment on the blog or even if you go to the website redeemingproductivity.com, you can comment on these uh, podcasts. So there's a little page for it there. Or of course, reach out to me on social media. Always happy to hear from you. Uh, yeah, please, if you ever have any questions, any thoughts, or just want to say hello, um, I'm always there and happy to hear from you. So please do that. 
Um, again, this podcast episode was based in part on an article I wrote in 2018, right after coming off the mountain, <laughs> and that was titled The Christian Benefit of Solitude in Nature. I'm going to link to that in the show notes if you want to read that. Um, and again, big shout out to my Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate you guys. Uh, it's been really neat to get to know some of you in a more in-depth way um, through that platform. So I really appreciate it. And it's neat to see the army growing of people who are, are supporting the podcast. It's just, look, really encouraging to me. And it makes me uh, excited to keep going and keep producing these. Um, and if you're enjoying the show, maybe you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter too. For as little as three bucks a month, uh, you get access to an exclusive private stream. Um, and I'm trying to put more and more stuff up there, but usually what you'll get is early releases of episodes. Sometimes I'll, I'll put post videos that I'm working on up there before they're even done just to get feedback. Uh, and it's just a great way to connect with me if you're interested in talking with little old me. Um... So yeah, if you're interested in that, just check out my Patreon. Again, there'll be a link in the uh, show notes and the link to it if you just like to hear things and then type them in. It's patreon.com slash redeemingprod. So check that out. Well, that's it for this episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. I will catch you next week. But until then, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.